episode 19 of the Flowing Through Film podcast. This week we are continuing our journey through early Studio Ghibli with Porco Rosso and Pompoko, another Miyazaki Takaha double feature because we're skipping Ocean Waves. <laughs> but um, we'll just go ahead and start Was with Was Ocean Waves the first non-Miyazaki Takahata Ghibli movie? Yeah. Yes. Okay. I am fairly confident because we've done every Ghibli movie up until this, up until Ocean Waves. So. Okay. So yes. But we can go ahead and just get right into Porco Rosso because we don't need to spend more time on Ocean Waves than it needs. <laughs> um, what year is this? 1992? Yes, think? 92, right after Only Yesterday. The interesting thing about this is that Miyazaki started working on this while they were still working on um, Only Yesterday. And he actually hired his own like staff of all female like animators, which Suzuki said in his memoirs was not something done like ever. In the animation, like so, world. this was the first movie where they did that. Yeah, and that's why, like, if you recognize or like if you remember in uh, Porco Rosso, the scene where they go and get his plane fixed, and the, all the women, all the workers in there are women. That's like a big callback to just Ghibli at the time, like with with like that was like basically Miyazaki and his women and his workers basically okay. working on Porco Rosso. Because he did that in kind of Kiki's too. You said. Yeah, he did that in Kiki's as well because they had a lot of yeah. female animators in that one as well. That is a great scene in. Uh... Porco yeah, and Porco Rosso. Is there a specific reason why he wanted female? Uh, Plus, it kind of feels realistic just in the movie's yeah. context too, because a lot it of people does. were at war. Yeah, a lot of men no, were it at makes war. sense. It makes yeah. sense because, like, I mean, that's just what it was in World War One, World War Two. Men went off to war, and the women had to work in the factories and help. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And Miyazaki knew sometimes that. factories building planes too. Like, yes, you know. and Miyazaki would know a lot about that with this family being. Yeah. Plane manufacturers. Mm-hmm. So. We kind of we're kind of skipping. Yeah, we are yeah. we are just going like way off. So let's just start with. Well, I guess we can just start with like how Miyazaki and even star of this movie was just um, he started with not even just the storyboards. They started with the key animation first, so he already animated before, and then they add the plot after, basically. Yeah. So yeah. that was that's like the first time that they ever did that in Studio Ghibli, and that's something that Miyazaki would do yeah. basically every movie after this, and that's why a lot of people. Criticized his plots getting off the rails oh, because he he starts that's with interesting. the. Uh, I did not know that. Yeah, he I'll starts with that. the. Oh my god! Honestly, though, with Porco Rosso, <laughs> it makes so much sense though. Yeah, it does. Yeah, with wow. Porco Rosso, it works because like Porco Rosso is just the character. You can you kind of like you need you need the character first before you build the story. Yeah, around. that's how Porco Rosso. Yeah, is. and he had the character first because this was another one where Miyazaki Miyazaki like wrote manga for Porco Rosso oh, before okay. this one also. Okay, so he already sense. had a key, he already had like his character planned out. The like, idea, of mind, the idea. And they were contracted actually or partnered with like uh, one of I think it was it was it was one of Japan's major airlines. I can't remember right now like what airline company it was, but this movie idea started because that airline company wanted. Miyazaki to make them a short that they could play for their uh for just everyone flying it to Japan. This is a quick forty-five minute short that they could 45 play. Forty-five minutes. Yes. Oh and then Miyazaki and, to- and Toshi Suzuki were like, "Yeah, we can do that." And then Miyazaki started working on it, and of course he was like, "Yeah, no, we're gonna we're gonna need a full movie for this." It was the exact same thing with Kiki. Two, two movies in a row where it was supposed yeah. to start off as a forty-five minute short, and they had instead ballooned into like a. Did they feature. ever end up making a movie for them? No, yeah, they that they still partnered with him. Like they still put the plane or this movie on planes. Like oh, this okay. is the, this oh, this okay. is still on planes, and that's like why Porco Rosso is so interesting. How it took so long to get out of Japan because it wasn't translated or dubbed for a long time, which was odd because first off, the subject matter is very European. I mean, the yeah. setting's Italian and yeah, everything. Yeah. I mean, the freaking like the main villain's American. <laughs> they have fist cuffs at the very end. Like it's it's very like a Western movie for sure. 
saw but, a very uh, airplane uh, commercial movie. <laughs> that's why I never would have guessed that. <laughs> no, but that's the interesting part is that they actually did have the like Studio Ghibli translated everything for like the plane. So like people, so like the only people that had seen this from the West before it came out were like people that were going to Japan because wow. they could watch Porcaroso on the plane. Yeah. But I guess that we can actually get into the actual movie now because it starts off just yeah. right in action with. But this actually starts off a lot like Castle in the Sky with just basically a, a kidnapping. Oh, yeah. Well, no, actually, it starts off with him just, you know, chilling at his Chilling at his beach, uh, hearing the radio, beach. yeah. And then he has a ma- as little as cinema yes. magazine on his face. Yeah. So, yeah, you know, he's, yeah. That, that, it seems like a cool place just to hang out. Oh, for sure. Yeah. It seems like a great place to just live and hide out, you know. <laughs> but I know what you're talking about, the actual start. Yes, the actual yeah. start is a lot like House in the Sky, in my Yeah, opinion. I was going to say that, yes. Yeah, yeah where it just starts with the chase. I want to ask, who has the better pirates? Because they're very Well, see, that's actually, I was actually going to bring that up with, like, this is literally just like Cast in the Sky if the pirates were actually the bad guys. Yeah, yeah. Because the pirates of this movie are literally like the Dola gangs. They're just uh That's why it's not like a really it's it's a, such a light movie. Yeah. There's not even really bad guys. Like he No, has not a, really. He has a lot of love for the bad guys in this movie. Yes. As well. He likes the air pirates as much as he, yeah, he does. doesn't like them. Yeah. And it's yeah. so funny because like even the even the children oh, in this man. movie, like they get kidnapped and they're like they don't even take they're like, seriously. are we being kidnapped? Yeah, exactly. and they're like, oh they're like Yes, you're being kidnapped. They're like, Yay, we're being yeah, kidnapped. Yeah, no, that's, exactly, <laughs> that's, how, that's how you know, right? Yeah, yeah. That's how I know you're not like a super serious movie. Just the shot like after he rescues them and they're all like sitting on his plane. Yeah, it's so good dude and then like well it goes right into that to just him he flies to the bar after that right yes yeah. i think that's and that's whenever we first go we, to that. we see we actually see the bad guys you know all talking yeah yeah all yeah, of them talking yeah. and we see gina for the that's her name i think yes that's that's gina name. for the first time yeah and this is a very like at least to me very much feels like casablanca See, I need a real. Yeah. That would make sense. I need to rewatch it. I knew way, it yeah. felt like it had that classic Hollywood yeah. feel to it. It yeah. feels it a lot like classic Hollywood. Yeah, and just like I love Porco Rosso, just like how like cool he is. Like, yes, yes. like yeah, yeah. it's just it's like hilarious to watch. Like, see, he's got some Humphrey Bogart uh, oh, kind of vibes sure. to him. Yeah. For sure. no, he's awesome. <laughs> no, we we honestly should just talk about Porco Rosso for a second because like, well, what do you guys what do you guys think? Why did Miyazaki? I mean, I can tell you why, but like, because like at least his bullshit answer of why because I don't think I don't think that's the real reason he okay. he made him a pig. But why do you guys think Porco Rosso is a pig? Okay, what? Well, well, we were just talking about this a little before the podcast. I just thought it was a good representation of <clears throat> honestly just to show like a simple way of uh, a guy. A guy that's not in his prime anymore getting into middle age and you can kind of you know in the Miyazaki world this is natural yeah you know he's still walking around like a normal person and everything yeah. so yeah. um and honestly I can't think of a better reason it's, the design is just so good I have to think yeah. for some reason it was because of the design like how that's well what I'm thinking the too design. The design like, like, I, I don't so have good. a better so, answer than that like, like, like they, were, they were just challenging themselves like what's the non-coolest animal we could somehow make cool yeah. <laughs> pretty much and thing. it works it works <laughs> no and because the first thing I think of when I'm I'm thinking of him this time is because initially you basically only see him sitting down or you see him in the plane basically yeah and so he's like sitting down like almost the whole time and he looks kind of sh- you'd think he would be as short as a pig but then when you see him standing up for the first time he's actually tall you know he's like okay, yeah this guy's actually- he's not as tall as like the normal why humans maybe a girl yeah. would still actually find him attractive in this world you know he's yeah. not like a total pig <laughs> not a total pig <laughs> he's a pig with virtue dude. yeah yeah and he's tall though that's what i was like he's got, he's got some height to him and just the fact that they like uh, they mention, you know, he got turned to a pig from a spell, but then they like never like talk. Yeah, like, or go curse over or it again. Like, yeah, yeah. 
Like, just never go into it. <laughs> yeah, no. like, you think, yeah. like, all the, it could be a movie where, oh, they're trying, they're going to try to get the curse back kind of thing, you know, like Shrek or something. Yeah, uh, <laughs> like Shrek. <laughs> okay, I can, well, I can get behind this thing for Shrek. No, it kind of feels like a classic, that is like a classic fairy tale thing where there's a curse and you turn into it. Yes, that's a classic fairy tale thing. But that's what yes, the story that, I mean, Miyazaki about. even plays into this with the girl asking, like, if I give you a kiss, will you turn back yeah, into a man? Yeah, okay. exactly, yes, yes. <laughs> Like he know he knows what I mean he knows like. But that's the thing. All of it's so sure. light. All of it's yeah. so like you know it's not serious at the same time. Yeah, Even like there's some deep moments for sure. There are deep moments, and like one of the best things I think is like Miyazaki didn't want to make this movie like about lust or anything like stupid like that because like you could see like a lesser director making Porco Rosso actually have a love interest with the with the 17 year old girl that he takes with him to a private to like a private yeah, island yeah, yeah. basically, oh, yeah. but like this one it's just like literally just a wholesome. Mm-hmm. partnership basically where, where she's just coming along for the ride basically fixing yeah. his plane for him no, I don't know I feel like I feel like that could definitely and there is like, another love interest worse. too which makes yes, it better no, obviously yeah. like, there's actually there's an actual love yeah, interest so. and like the whole time Porco Rosa does act like that where yes you can tell he is he does like Gino still yes he does deep down and like he liked it first obviously yeah, yeah. <laughs> with all those flashback scenes of him as a human no, exactly so. yeah and she's basically the only one that remembers him as a human, too, which is really Yeah, like, basically moment. everyone else oh, has died, so... Yeah, it's an important thing in the movie. It also feels a lot like Top Gun, that, and, like, oh, it no, definitely I feels honestly, a lot like I thought Gun. of that. I thought of that oh, okay, a little yeah, bit. Like, yeah, I didn't think at least, like, because uh, I was thinking, we kind of talked about it, maybe off, I think probably off the podcast, about uh, Top Gun actually making plane fights look interesting. Yeah. And this one does a pretty good job, too. Oh, yeah. Even though I wanted to save it for the ending, but I'll just mention it now, that... Even Miyazaki had to understand, like, to really end a fight scene, you have to do it on the ground, you know, yeah. fist to cuff, basically. Yeah. Because that's more interesting than, you know, a plane fight. You want to see the people. You want to see Porco Rosso. You want to see, see him fight, you know? Yes. Like, you want to see the whole character. I love that ending. It's a great ending, too. Yeah. yeah. yeah even, it even has a... They have to get uh, out of the plane. Yeah. <laughs> show off fly, uh, flyby scene. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, he's got some great flyby yeah, scenes. Like, tough. <laughs> no, this is definitely where, like, Miyazaki's had movies where he has, like, like every movie, what, Naushka, Kiki's... Castle in the Sky have all had flying in them, but this is the first movie where it's like he just loves planes, oh, and you can tell. Especially, like, see, that's the thing, dude. Planes are so cinematic. Yes, that's, that's why Top Gun is amazing. Uh, oh, great yeah. plane, has great plane scenes, but it's hard to do like a really good plane fight and keep it interesting. You know, it is, yeah. But uh, I mean, he does it. There's, I think there's he some, does it this one. A lot yes. of it. I mean, even then, like they start, they just start throwing things at each other at one point. You know, which is <laughs> that's funny. what makes that. That's why I love. That's why I love the ending of this movie because it's like. You think that they're going to try to shoot each other down like an actual dogfight, and they do. But then their guns jam. Yeah. No. Both of their guns jam. Well, but like I mean, and, and when you rewatch it, because I was rewatching it. Yeah, yeah, both of us were. And when you know they're taken not seriously the whole time. Yeah. Because maybe the first time as you watch it, you're, you're thinking, oh, he's trying to tell a good story, or like an, you know, whatever someone would call a good movie is. A classic know? Hollywood movie. You know? Yeah, yeah, a more like a straightforward Casablanca, you know, where it's yeah. not more self-aware like this one is. But once you realize what he's trying to do, where everything's supposed to be white, and like, what you say about making a plane commercial movie too, or at least how it starts like that, it kind of makes sense in that way too. Yeah. It's not supposed to be like too heavy or serious of a movie. No. The only heavy moments are like, there are like the flashback war sequences, and I, like, I think that those moments were mostly just because like, I know the the war in Yugoslavia started during the production of this movie, so like that, and that's very close to where they were like setting the movie mm. and so that actually like influenced Miyazaki a little bit and that's mm. like a little bit of the darker stuff comes from that time period mm-hmm. or like a, from that war and the reason that American pilots uh, or the, the the main villain in quotations is, a, is an American pilot is because like the Gulf War started like literally the year before I think also in 1991 right? 
I think the goal, around the goal for yes. like we started our operation. Yes, as I, the, I see what you're saying. Yeah, like oh, we okay. started that like right around then. So like Miyazaki had like there are reasons like why this gets but, a little dark in some moments. But you but, have to read into that. Like, yeah, you, you know, have to know what was yeah, going on. Yeah, you have on. to know, yeah. like on the surface it could just be you know he's American because he's you know. Yeah, and those flashbacks lead to like one of the most beautiful like animated oh plane moments with like plane yes. heaven basically. Oh, yeah, like, oh my god. Yeah, we should. I mean, like, that's one of the great. Like that's the thing. He does. He has a lot of different great plane moments too. Yes. Like, Honestly, just from like the opening scene of him just flying by himself, too. Yeah. I think that's, it's after the first fight. It is, yeah. Yeah, that's, after the first fight. That's honestly one of his best shots in general. Like, oh, uh, which one? The, um, plane, the plane heaven scene. Yeah, the plane heaven scene is one of the, one of my best shots yeah, in general. Yeah, honestly, yeah. Like, it is because like the first time I watched that, whenever I saw that, I just thought it was like the Milky Way or something, and then it gets like a little closer, uh, and you yeah, see it's like yes, planes. Yeah. Like, oh my! But that's God. literally what it looks like when it looks like just a bunch of stars up there. It does. And then like he looks closer and he sees it's plane heaven, and then he sees all of his comrades flying up, yeah, and then he yeah. starts sinking back below the clouds, going back down. Yeah. That whole scene is just like. A fever dream, kind of, kind of like uh, also kind of like his Castle in the Sky scene. Whenever um, the boy's dad finds um, Lapita for the first time, no one believes Yo. him because it's very much like that scene too. Okay. Where it's like you don't know if it's like completely a real, like real or not. You know, like it feels like a hallucination for sure. It feels real to Porco though. Oh yes, it is real to Porco. Yes, Obviously, exactly. it is real to Porco. Yeah. Like this is this is like, this this is his version of heaven. It's their it's their version of Valhalla. You know, like you die you die in your plane, you go to there. And it's just basically. so it's just so amazingly done, like where the plane is like basically just float from flying yeah. to floating, you know. From flying to oh, floating. Just, yeah. uh, there's yeah. a world. There's an entire world yeah. above the clouds. Yeah, it's yeah, interesting yeah. too, like uh, in comparison to a different movie, uh, uh, the uh, Michael Powell and Emmerich Pre- uh, Pressburger movie, A Matter of Life and Death. It's basically that, but on the uh, when all the soldiers are getting to heaven, oh, basically, which I thought, uh, yeah. which I thought of in that moment. Uh, it must have been. Uh, I mean, at least a common experience among soldiers that survived and seen so yeah. many other people. Yeah, die. maybe. Maybe not this exact dream or anything, but you know that. that yeah, they might have just seen something. Yeah. Like, you know, like nerves get to you in the moment, you know, and they might like you never know what people see in war. And it's just a good way of, at least you know, not without getting too deep, representing that Porcos. Yes. Still has all this past. Yeah. Yes. To him. Like this is probably like that's at least the moment where you realize this is probably at least what caused, at least partially what caused his like pig formation. You know, like yeah. his dis. Like that's why I asked oh. like why why a pig, and I think it's just because he's disenfranchised of like humanity basically. Yeah. And like that's kind of what kind of what I go to because like it also could be like I mean me with the famous quote. Like, Yes, yeah, so the better pick than the fascist, <laughs> yeah, you know. Yeah. Like, yes, yeah, so that is yeah. a great quote, and it is definitely like that's definitely like one of the reasons why I think they make Porco a pig mm-hmm. is because he is disenfranchised with humanity because he's seen what he thinks is the worst of it, and this is also yeah. like one of Miyazaki's worlds where you could see it being like actually set in the real world, you know. Yeah. Like, because everything that happens in this could have happened in the real yes. world, you know. Yeah. And I don't know. I just I do love that part about it too because it's not just a fantastical movie yes. you know whimsical movie because it does have realist moments in it too it does is this yeah because uh, Totoro does have the more magical aspects even yes. though it's still more you know grounded yeah but this yeah. one even though it's it's more romantic it's more like a classic yes, Hollywood movie it is it's yeah. still grounded like you know yeah, Hollywood, grounded. Know, it Literally feels more grounded. live action <laughs> but it's still very romantic too yes yeah. it is yeah it's and... honestly a little different than a lot of his other movies um yeah, and so that, far it is, the man. reason why I wanted to bring that up was because uh, I watched the uh, Kingdom of Dreams and Madness uh, Ghibli documentary. Yes. Yesterday, and he mentions that, and he he said this as like a negative, but he said uh, all my movies up to Porco Rosso had been made for kids, 
But Porco Rosso is obviously not made for kids. Yeah, yeah. And he was like regretting it. I was like, I, that's why I kind of like it, you know. Yeah, it does. And the thing like is that you could like, I would show this to my kid in a heartbeat because oh, they'd, yeah, they'd have yeah, a yeah. they'd have a ball with it no matter what. Oh yeah. But like this does like it is Miyazaki's first adult movie for sure. You could like, see maybe the kid gets bored a little bit if they're kind of young, you know. Yeah, I could see. Well, like, eh, I don't really think. Maybe so. with like the romance stuff yeah. for sure. Yeah, it's just a, slow, a little slower yeah. movie. Kind yeah, of. it can't. It, well, it can be. I think in most of the time. I think most of the time it's. I think most of the time it's pretty like quick and fast. I mean, kids could the kids the kids who watch this are probably going to be amused enough with uh, just how Porco Rosso yes, looks. That's like. true. Okay, okay. That's and I mean, like, ha- like the like I I laugh so hard whenever him and um I can't remember the little the seventeen year old girl's name the uh the mechanic, but whenever Porco and her arrive back at the island and then all the pirates are just waiting there and then they like attack him and like hold them up. And then you just hear, like, up on the cliff, someone say, not so fast or something. And then the American's just standing there, and they just jumps down yes. from the oh, cliff. Yes. And I'm just like, oh, what even yeah, is this yeah, movie anymore? Yeah. Like, I just remember dying laughing at that moment both times, because I watched this in theaters. It's a pretty high time. ball, too. So it is. Weird. And I was like, okay. That's, like, the most like... unrealistic thing that happens in the movie. <laughs> like, how do you not break no. your ankles, man? No, the most unrealistic part is all those pirates hiding in that one tin. Okay. <laughs> Okay, yeah, like, yeah. No, no, there's some unrealistic parts. Oh, this, yeah. yeah. No, he, he goes with school. I love it. Uh... Because that reminds me of, like, the ending, which is unrealistic, but in a good way, where, like, you know, the last ending in a, uh, maybe even a normal animated kids movie would have a real fight scene between, you know, there would obviously be a main villain sea pirate, which is the American, but all the pirates, there would actually be a battle with some of the, you know, obviously other pirates, but in this one, she just gives a speech. And they're like, oh, that is a good point. You know, maybe it should just be a one-on-one fight or yeah, something. Yeah. <laughs> and they let it happen, you know? They let it happen. And they're they're just... taking bets the whole time. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. hilarious. And, then, and they just kind of become one of the audience, honestly, like us. Oh, like... They are. And because they're they're literally just watching, and then um, the sea pirates are saying, like, Porco's got this in the bag because he's, he's just waiting and playing with him right yeah, now. Yeah, they were... And then they're like, why is this taking so long? And he's up there like, oh, my God, my guns, my guns yeah. jammed. And then both their guns jammed, and then they just start throwing everything at each other. Yeah, that's when we lead to the fight. And, and then they land, and then they land, and... At fisticuffs, throw yeah. fisticuffs, and that's honestly just a perfect way to like end that yeah, in that fight. You have to have fisticuffs to end it. Without well, honestly, dying, really, how it really ends is he hears her voice, and that's what gets him to stand up. Yeah, they that's both, true. Like, yeah, because really, none of them they both KO each other. Out. Yeah, they do. <laughs> they do. And then, like after that, what the air force comes. <laughs> Yeah, they're we, like, yeah. oh, we all have to go. My uh, free drinks in yeah, my bar. Like free drinks in my <laughs> bar. We all get. We all have to go. And then what? After that, I think. Doesn't she? I think the mechanic well, yeah, it's kisses her. kind of got a bittersweet ending. It, well, it's not even like I don't think it's bittersweet. I think it's like just like she kisses him, and then like. Um... Well, no, because remember Gina's like I want you to come with me. Yeah. But he's like no, he puts the girl on her plane yeah. with Gina, and they both fly off. And yeah. and then the narrator, which is the girl older, she says, "Me and Gina became really good friends, yeah. but I never saw Porco again." Yeah. Yeah. But and then she said, and then it actually ends with I guess, it's like a shot of her garden where it says, but it's. Um, a secret whether or not they actually got back together or something or if they saw each other again yeah like but there's also the ending I don't know if that's the actual ending or if the actual ending because I thought the actual ending is whenever like the last shot is whenever she kisses him and then he starts walking back to his plane and then the American pilot looks at him and goes like wait let me see your face <laughs> No, there's uh, because there's a whole narration and stuff after. Yeah, that. I know there's the narration and stuff after that, yeah. but that's like I the part I was talking about. about because that's like that's like, about, that's yeah, like yeah, whenever yeah, like he doesn't yeah, yeah. he doesn't he doesn't want you like for sure to know if he's if he's still a pig or not. But he oh okay okay because okay. like you don't like he kisses her, he kisses yeah, yeah. or she kisses her him and um, see I always thought it would be Gina though that's why I was like I always thought it'd be okay. Gina. 
Uh, it has to be Gina, though, right? That's how the whole movie works. I don't know. I think it could be her, just because yeah. she's also the only one that saw him, like, or, like, saw him as a human in the entire movie. Like, besides Gina before. That. But, like, yeah. whenever they're okay. laying, yeah, whenever they're point. laying at the bench, she, or at the beach, she for, thinks yes. that, for a split second, she yeah. thinks that he's a human again. I, I, I just think that Porcarosa is a character that doesn't need to end up with anyone. I don't know. That's just know. kind of how he is. Yeah, let's see. That's the thing. I kind of saw, like, he just, he's still kind of alone or a heart kind of thing. Yeah, sure. You know? But do you, okay, that's a, a better question is, or at least another question is, do you think they ended up, did he, did he actually go and see Gina again? Yeah. Or why would he never talk to the girl again? Yeah. Maybe he just doesn't want to. Oh, yeah. That's kind of weird. It's kind of unpredictable. I don't know. That's like, the thing. That's, yeah, yeah it's exactly. It's like, he doesn't leave on a bad note with her or no. anything. So, it is kind of weird. Like, he, he does, it's not unbelievable for the character. He does feel like that kind of guy. Yeah, he definitely is that kind of guy to just never see the the woman he loves again. Yes, yeah. <laughs> but it's Gina though. It's Gina. Though. It's gotta yeah, be. Yeah, what? Yeah. Because the movie kind of ends with oh, wait, I was I don't know if they. Uh, basically, I think I think she. I think I think they, they do too. That they do see each other in that. I think they again. do. Yes. Probably. <laughs> they fly off together. Uh, well, that kind of remind. Uh, I'm kind of jumping back, but that kind of reminds me of that scene with the American pilot where he's basically like. Oh yeah, I definitely know. When I go back, I already have a Hollywood uh, script ready for oh. me. I'm gonna become a star. And yeah. I'm gonna become president. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he has his whole life plan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Ronald Reagan plan, as it's called. Uh, even though I don't think Ronald Reagan was a pilot, though, was he? Only the Hollywood star. Yeah, no, the only Hollywood star part. Yeah. This guy's already got a Ronald Reagan beat. <laughs> he was a war hero first. <laughs> no, okay. So I guess we can go ahead and end Porcaroso there and go. Yeah. And go well, to right, right, okay, you don't have any final thoughts. Like what? Is this one of your favorites? So, Porcaroso is one of my favorites, yes. It's in okay. the A tier for me. Well, like, like the Rainbow we at the end. Yeah, well, it's in the A tier for me. Like, okay, okay. like A tier. Not B tier, not S tier, but it's not like strictly in the A tier. Like, it's okay. a very... I could well, I could put this on any time and have just a great time, you know? Right. I don't think it's like... I don't think it's too deep. I think there are moments that are like really deep and that are really sweet and stuff. But I don't think it's like too deep and that's why I think I just put on any time and just watch okay. it and have fun. But... To uh, go off that and to kind of transition to our next <clears> movie... It's just amazing that this one's only like ninety minutes, dude. It's true. It's like that's why that's another reason why it would be so easy to put on. Yeah. Compared to this next one that I also like that we're about to talk about, <clears throat> which does get kind of long, you know, longish. I disagree. Uh, no, <laughs> no, we're going we're, we're going to go yeah, into we'll Takahata's Pompoko. Yes, you know. uh, oh, well, I guess you got. Do you, you guys... have any intro? Or any, like any facts or anything? You want yeah, to no, I have some. I have some facts for sure. <laughs> but I mean, have you guys noticed any? Like main theme in Takahata's movies through these uh, first three that we watched. Maybe nature has yeah, to adapt to humans. Environmentalism. Well, definitely environmentalism. Yeah. But I'm just talking. I liked what you said about Grave of the Fireflies two weeks ago of like what's buried beneath because that's definitely mm. like what I what think he every movie he's done so far is like at least. Not maybe not exactly what's buried beneath, but at least what we've lost, or what you're leaving okay. behind by this future. Yes, like the 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 cost of progress, if yeah. you may. Yes. Like that's okay. that's a yes. huge that's a that's the main part about this. The main theme of this movie is like what is the cost of human expansion and progress, and that's why like I. I didn't think Pompoko was the greatest studio. I thought it was like okay, mid sounds bad, but I thought it was mid Studio Ghibli before, like the first time I watched this. You know, like. It's, I think a lot of people consider it mid-studio Ghibli because they do think it is too long. They think it can get boring. I mean, it's also just a really weird movie about <laughs> Tanuki with fucking testicles that can enlarge and they can do literally anything they want with them. Yeah. But yeah. I just, I don't know. I, I It grew on me a lot this time. And I think, 
I honestly want to say it grew on me just because I don't know if people I don't know if people have a problem with like Takahata's like educating you and just talking specifically to you that he does in a lot of his movies but in this movie specifically he does it a lot like it feels like a documentary a lot like it feels like yeah. he's doing like an educational documentary in this yeah, movie a lot at certain of time. point stuff yeah. especially the opening like the opening you can like it's like a like like a nature documentary almost you know like of like and humans I'm, taking uh, over nature that's kind of what i like that those are the stuff i like the most yeah to me you know i'll just start with what i like the least um because i do like most of the movie and I, I love the ideas in it and the ending is honestly to me it's a just amazing ending yeah um but like what i like the least kind of is just honestly the tonal shifts in the movie where some of it just feels like too almost like almost for kids like just almost over the top cartoony and then some of it is like really serious like you're saying some of it's like just almost straight documentary where he is like yeah uh, but yeah documentary in a good way like I think you said he made a documentary for Ghibli. Yeah, no, he did. He, like that a, was a like serious the, documentary, yeah. right? Yeah, like, like a three-hour. It was a three-hour long like documentary. He, he, <laughs> he could actually do something like that, yeah. you know? Yeah. So do you wish you like stuck with one of them then? Like yes, I w- on... yes, maybe yeah. You, less of the whole cartoony kid stuff, basically. And I think okay. you have something about that because you were telling us about, stuff. or how they had to add stuff to the movie, or it wasn't everything he wanted to do with it. No, I you were just saying something about that. No, he, he no Miyazaki didn't like the the uh, title of the movie. He didn't oh, like Pompoko okay, okay, because yeah. he didn't like the title Pompoko because he thought that it was too light of a title for the for the subject matter Takahata was tackling. Oh, okay. <laughs> because okay. like he he I guess that he brought up a lot like to the point where Suzuki had to send out like a memo to the company saying we're sticking with Pompoko. Stop <laughs> saying stuff about it. It's like Miyazaki spreading. <laughs> yeah, so it was like Miyazaki doing it, but to, the Suzuki had to like send out a memo saying we're sticking with Pompoko. <laughs> <laughs> but because Takahata just loved the way that like apparent like whenever the Tanuki would like clap their bellies like while they were anime it would sound like Pompoko so they wanted to name it Pompoko but I I kind of disagree with the child with the childlike stuff because like what 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 are you talking about like what what parts are you and I kind of see it where he's trying to say like it's the and I don't mind it it just he goes back to it too much where it's like we have to see the raccoons you know we get that they're not as uh, disciplined as the foxes you know they they all they go they lose focus all the time. Like, I like they that think stuff. they won and they lose the next day or something. Like it happens multiple times. I like that stuff though. And they, they because even that's to... I, I like that stuff a lot. I like it, it but feels he goes like... to even bo- like what I said multiple times. Both of those things. No, I, I like I like it a lot because it does feel like what animals are just like. Like they live for the moment more than humans. Okay, like they think like if they do something like this and then the news comes out, like I could see animals being like this because they do live more like for the day for the moment. Like they don't yeah. think for the future like humans do. And like that's one thing that especially in this movie, I think there's even like a thing whenever they're it's actually the part where um there's the gods sitting on the hills, like overlooking new the new town, like New Tokyo, mm-hmm. New Town mm-hmm. as it's being like uh built. Mm-hmm. And the Tanuki or I think it's a uh, one of one of the Tanuki were uh voiceover like for it saying, I used to think the humans were just like us but that, now I think they're more like gods because yes. only gods can do like yeah. what, what they're doing, what they're doing oh, yeah. basically. And like that's that's why I love it so much because Tanaka I Tanaka Takahata is coming at it from a point of view that most people I just don't think get that much. And we need more stuff like this of coming at it from nature's point of view. Because yeah. it's only gotten worse. Yeah. Than the twenty years since this movie's come out. Like we're only we are but, uh... so much worse than we were back then. And like that's why I think it's grown on me so much and why it's going to continue. Because oh, like yeah. it's just like environmentalism stuff like this doesn't 
I don't think that you can like educate people enough yeah. about this stuff. I especially liked how he used raccoons too. That's not you know. And they're not. That's, see, that's actually yeah. a, that's a that's a uh, translation error in the English. They're not raccoons. Oh, they're really? they're oh. tanuki. Tanuki is the mythical. It's actually a mythical creature in Japan. Oh, okay. Like they just they just English for English they just had to translate it to or I, they didn't have to. They could have just kept tanuki and just yeah, mentioned what it was uh, called. <laughs> but no, they're not actually raccoons. They are to they are like it's that an actual mythical sense. creature. Well, there goes my point. What were you gonna say? What were you gonna say? Stand, I was gonna but... say it's interesting how they use raccoons, because uh, if if someone told me they were making an environmental movie in perspective of the in perspective of the animals, I wouldn't have thought of like a raccoon. Okay. They would that's use the raccoons. thing. He does at moments use them as raccoons. Like yeah, uh, they look yeah. like. I mean, the tanuki look. They're raccoon-like creatures. They're just, but they are their own mythical creature in Japan. Like but that's why based, even the mythical creature was based on a raccoon. Probably yeah yeah. yeah. A raccoon with kind of powers kind of thing. Pro- with with shape shifting powers. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> like a werebear. <laughs> Big test. But they but they Big do testicles. yeah. Obviously, they're supposed to overall represent like just animals. You know, losing yes. the power uh, in nature yeah. basically because of human development. They're know? putting a face. He's putting a face on nature that. I think, and a very sympathetic one, and one that plays extremely well, in my opinion. Well, uh, I kind of want to mention this before I forget. Uh, I watched it with, um, hopefully, a future guest soon, Sean, one of our friends, and uh, he made this point where he actually liked them more, the design as raccoons, versus, like, when they're just standing up as humans, you know, when they're yeah. four-legged. And then, because uh, I was thinking about that, and I was like, uh, it kind of makes sense how, you know, because they're having the environment is making them be more like humans throughout the movie yes that's why uh, they're like, becoming yeah. less and less like 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 raccoons throughout the movie right yeah. like literally the, the one of the reasons they don't want to kill the humans is because of all the uh the sh- honestly good the tempura the yes. good sh- food they make that's you the, know? That, that's the only live action shot in the ghibli movie that's not the takahata oh, documentary is that okay. shot tempura yeah. grilling or frying yes whenever they're talking about killing all the humans <laughs> It's like a SpongeBob moment. Like, no, I agree yeah. with you. I agree with your point though. Like that's one of the main things about this movie and why it hits so hard is because it's literally saying like, to survive with humans, you have to adapt to become like them. Like that's why that's why people Chris people whenever people criticize the fox and theme park stuff specifically, like that's always what people say can be cut out. But that's the stuff that shows specifically what Takahata wants to get across. Oh, I like saying. that stuff. For sure. But see, like that, I feel like that's what most people don't like is the theme park stuff and like take and like taking the fox stuff out of it. Okay, see, that's the thing. I could see, and I was, I maybe agree with that in terms of I would take the theme park stuff out because it would actually make the actual scene where they're or the ending scene where they actually trick the town with the uh, poltergeist kind of uh, with all the ghosts. Yeah. Uh, that would hit more if they had not done that. They had not already tried to do that. If, like, if the master had come in and, like, this is my great idea, you guys haven't even tried this, you know? But we've already seen them try it once with uh, the earlier scene with... Um, yes. And it's not as good, obviously, but... And, then, yeah, the theme park guy takes credit for it yeah. right away, too. But, like, that's... I could... I mean, the movie would still work to me basically the same if yeah. they were not there, basically. I don't think... I, to me, I don't think you... I, I, I get... Like, I don't know. You could maybe take it out, but... To me, it just shows specifically what Takaha wants to get across and saying, like... We're literally making animals, we're forcing animals to adapt to us, to become like, or to like live for yes, us, basically. Yes, yes. Like, that's literally what he's saying with that, and that's why I don't think you can take it away, in my opinion. I don't know, because, and it's just but like... But the ending, the true, but the real ending of the movie gets that point across Yes, the that's best. the reason, that, but that's also the uh, reason like, why they go there, is because of the master that saw the, that went to the foxes. Like, he's the one that, got, that came with the idea after the foxes told him, like, you should do this because it's the only way to live. 
because the foxes said we die, we all died. Yeah, like yeah. all of us are dead, except no. For the it's ones actually that can it's, a, it's a brutal. So. Like this is how you know it's like you said it might not be a kids movie. Yeah, is when he's describing all the foxes, like what happened to all the foxes that couldn't uh, yeah. adapt, and yeah. he's like, you know, they yeah. died. Yeah. That's it. You know. Yeah, because he literally like the the raccoon, the raccoon, the tanuki asks. He he literally asks like, what happened to the weaker ones, yeah, or what yeah. happens to the weaker ones? And he says, yep. we had we we yeah, had basically to, they we died. Had, they died. Throw back to Grave of the Fireflies. Uh, the uh, Tanuki get a very similar. They actually get a death scene of the ones I can't adapt, and it's done amazingly. Oh, it's but so it's sad. it's like bittersweet because you know, so yeah, because the, the, it still hits you hard. But they're celebrating. You know? No, they are. In a certain yes. way, they should be because do they really? They exactly. Know, they it's a very that that part to me is a very Buddhist. Definitely, definitely a very Buddhist send off because they're literally just like. Like if they were set on fire going off into the sunset, like it would literally feel like a, yeah, like a Buddhist yeah. like like a like death ceremony basically for that priest to go to, because that's what that, at least the master that that takes them out on the ship feels like to me. Oh, I guess I that. Because they, <laughs> I just love how everything everything balls because they just stretch his balls into a ship. It's just so fucking great. But <laughs> but no, because that scene is also the scenes where they're the most cartoony. You know, like they aren't. They that's don't a sweet look like moment, right. though, yeah. yeah, no, like that's. That's why I like the cartoony raccoons also because I just think that's more of their fun-loving side. Like every oh, yeah, every side, has, yeah. every side has like a purpose that Takpa mm-hmm. is trying, and that that's why I like every like all three of those because most animators. I, this is probably why Miyazaki doesn't like or like doesn't like Takpa as a director like as much. Also, is because he's very rigid and like strict and has a clear idea for how he likes his movies to be done. But Takahata literally goes from normal raccoons. Switching to like, like uh, the anthropomorphized anthropomorphized raccoons back to like yeah. the cartoony very anthropomorphized yeah, like yeah. raccoons all in one scene and yeah. it's just like yeah, it's, he's, all yeah it's like it's like he's not he doesn't come from an animation background so like <laughs> I think that's why like I just like it so much because he's yeah. just trying new things. But that's basically. the thing. In only yesterday, it is very uh, strict. Not stri- strict's the wrong word, but it's just kind of straightforward, you know. And yeah. the uh, the different idea, the different kind of changes happen through feel very natural in the movie they do yeah. feel natural but they're done in extremely good way, like interesting in a good ways. way only yesterday this one like that's what i'm saying it feels like hit or miss to me at least only yesterday feels more focused yes yeah, yeah definitely definitely like, i don't know i think this one's extremely focused on what well it's wanting to talk it, about at the ending it definitely gets there yeah you could I don't say even think kind it's, of maybe towards i don't even think it's through the ending like i love even the moments of just the mysticism like horror short type of moments where like they're trying to just scare the townspeople. It makes me wish those, that Takahata. It those makes me wish Takaha did a horror movie too. Oh, like, that would be great. Uh, with the, yes, uh, with the face, with the, the no face guys. The guy dude. who's originally riding his bike. And yeah, the mechanic. Or, oh yeah, yeah, the guy that's riding his bike and then the, the no face station, stuff. Yes, yes. No. everyone they meets is no face. Yeah, it's oh, just, that's a great scene. It's so creepy, dude. <laughs> like, like, and then the yeah. ghost parade is like, also creepy, but also not because the humans are very scared. Like, and that's also another reason why I really love those scenes, because, like, I, and why I think it's extremely focused, because that's just another part of, like, the mysticism is leaving Japan, you know, like, they just don't believe in it that much. That's even what the masters say whenever they get back. Like, he said, um, a day, if, if we would have done that parade in our, in our, in our, uh, district, mm, like, yeah. <laughs> ties our shrine of God by five to ten, five times, yeah, no, yeah. ten times, yeah, yeah, in was, one day. That was funny, yeah. And it's just showing, like... I think he like everything he puts in this in this is for a specific point of like showing Japan what it has lost and what it has buried underneath all this rapid development because they developed so they had 
you could say they had to develop so rapidly because they were in a so such a dire straits after World War II, obviously. But at what cost is what Takahata is trying yeah. to say with this, and it's what he's trying to show, and that's why the ending does hit so hard and so well, is because yes, they've tried like that mass illusion before with the ghost town but they didn't like this part just hits harder and i think it makes it actually does hit the humans at least somewhat also because it's like they all just show them what tokyo used to be like you know and like even the humans are looking out and like the one one lady says is that my grandma and then she goes like grandma grandma and she goes out and runs toward them and it's like it's such just it's just like so sweet and heartbreaking at the same time because it's like yes this is what we have done to these like just nature and in, in, in generally what know? are we like, losing like you yeah. said like what are we losing but even just like we ha- we aren't thinking about everything that we're supposed to think about whenever we're expanding like this like we're only thinking about yes, ourselves that's a good way to put it too yeah. like we're only thinking about ourselves and our own development and mm-hmm. it's only continued like that you know like it's still only like that where we're only thinking about ourselves and not about our future even like we should be <laughs> but Plus, uh, what I kind of like about this movie, though, is it's from... And normally, even in a, environment, a movie that's trying to make this environmental point, they would make it from the point of view from the humans. Uh, but this movie makes it from the point of view of the thing we're losing. Yeah. And they do actually lose them. They actually lose at the yes, end. Yes, they do You know, that's what makes it brutal. And that's what yes. makes the ending with the score we're going to play here at the end after the podcast. But, you know, the scene where they all have that what their one last moment, basically. Yes. You know, that's what makes it so brutal, right? Yeah, like, yeah. if... like. It's honestly too hard to think about, but, like, imagine if, like, a certain animal you loved had, like, it, okay, people do it where we just think animals have certain personalities, obviously, you know, and maybe we're anthropomorphizing some bit, but, like, we'll go with it, you know, like, imagine your favorite animal about to go extinct, and they were having their last, like, moment of what they would see as their heaven kind of thing. Like, just imagine the pandas, like. Yeah, yeah, or any, uh, yeah, any animal, like, honestly, a dog, though, like. Obviously, dogs are too loved by humans to go extinct. Yes, but... exactly. We've domesticated them too much, Nick. <laughs> but that's what it feels like, you know. It's like it's, it's that's what makes it so brutal because they do lose, you know. Yes. Uh, it's a very great of the firefly. Yeah, it's, it's a very great of the firefly thing. Uh, like it makes the whole point stick, right? Yes. A lot yeah. of movies would be scared to have this kind of ending because it would make it sad. They would be like, oh, like, it is sad. Yeah, the, a lot of ending, they would be like, oh, but the animals still got to survive in their place, and the humans, you know, they had a park or something, you know, like. And they all lived happily. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and that would make it a classic kids movie. Yeah. But yeah. the whole, but this one makes the point actually stick, land, right? It'll yeah. make you stick with you, like, um, because we are losing a lot of stuff by progress, like yes. you said. We're losing basically everything <laughs> like literally like we could literally lose the world like if we continue on so at least human pu- at least the at humans, least the humans. Yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah which well, might be a good thing who knows yeah. you know from the world's perspective no it's a very great with the fireflies thing though for sure because he like you know how it's going to end like no matter what happens this movie starts off you know how it's going to end because tokyo exists <laughs> you know like you know where this is going you know they're going to lose no matter what so like it's just and like we're going to revisit Newtown in the next episode too with uh, Whisper in the Heart because that one or Whisper of the Heart because that one's also set in New Tokyo oh, or like okay. a new town. So is it similar themes yeah. too or I can't remember. I, I don't no think idea. it is. I don't think it is. I can't remember though because it's been oh, okay. such a long time okay. since I've seen Whisper of the Heart. As, I'm really excited as to Pompoka? watch it. But... Same themes as Pompoka. Pompoka, that's what I was asking. Or just uh, kind of Studio Ghibli in general because uh, I wanted to mention this before we ended when you talked about this whole uh, what we're losing kind of. Uh, theme. It reminded me of when we talked about Totoro, with a similar kind of. You were saying what Miyazaki, uh, what 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 was the even theme type? The kind of a 
we are returning to you what you have lost or yeah. what you have forgotten. Yes, so. basically that same kind of thing, right? Yeah. Uh, Miyazaki is obviously like the happy side, or at least yeah, the, the more nostalgic side. side yeah, at least. it's still yeah. uh, bittersweet at moments, but this one is way more like this is what you're losing like directly, like yes, that kind of grave of the fireflies ending, right? Yeah. With the last shot. Yeah, yeah. and it hits. Uh, yeah, it, like it literally the last shot, grave of the fireflies, and mm-hmm. the last shot of this are almost exactly like I, I think of them almost exactly alike because he just shows Tokyo, mm-hmm. basically. Yeah. yeah. That's a good point. And the and the characters we've been watching the whole time are the ones that die. Yeah. You know. And I mean, like, or basically ch- have to ch- adapt. Basically yeah, they change. have. Yeah. That's like that's why the ending is so sad because it's like, literally, <laughs> you're making these animals like that. That's one of the. That's honestly, I don't know if he's trying to say this, but I think he's trying to tell us with the ending to tap more into our like, animal side. You oh, know, yes. like he's yeah, trying to say like stop living like we're not supposed or to like we're not... living like we're not supposed to because uh, they literally say that like the like the guy said or the the main the main tanuki that we've been following around this most of the time ha- says like i don't know how humans live like this it's not yes. the way to live you know yeah. no uh like and to me like the tanuki at least to some degree represent the maybe more free spirit side of humanity right yeah. and so like by for this uh kind of modernization or this progress makes people live a certain way and it makes them not be able to live kind of this more lazy, relaxed way like the Tanuki yeah. would, you know? Yeah. Because everyone has to, you know, it has to be this 95, like, super rigid schedule that most people in cities live. Right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. like, And that's obviously... But basically the whole movie is about how the, there's no way the Tanuki can live like that. It's yeah. hard for most of them. Yeah, right? and there's no way that... I mean, like, there's really not a way humans can live like this either. Like, that's we're not meant to live like yeah. this, and that's what Takahata yeah. understands. At least there are a lot of humans like that. And Takahata right? might understand that more than anyone, because he saw how Miyazaki works. So. Yes. <laughs> and Takahata works like a sloth. So. That's a good point. I mean, I mean, people, like, the, obviously there's the whole uh, phrase spirit animal. Is yeah. Like, you oh, know, man. Yeah. But, like, you could, at least, you could definitely see Takahata's more of the uh, Tanuki, and oh, Miyazaki's sure. might be more of the fox. I could definitely oh, see that yeah, for sure, yes. Sure. No, uh, but do you guys have any closing thoughts? I mean, this this has yeah. jumped this has jumped up from B tier to S tier to me. Like S-tier, after, yeah, wow. I think this is like S tier. Honestly, if, it might jump up to, for me on rewatch too. It's, yeah, uh, I like yeah. every Takahata movie I've watched this time around. Like on a rewatch, has gotten so much better. And it's been about five years since I watched all these movies, so I like oh, I've done okay. a lot of growing since then, yeah. and like. I, it makes me excited to watch it in another five years. That's all I'll say. You know, okay. like. Yeah. I'm very excited to continue watching, or to continue to just see how like Miyazaki and Takahata grow on me because I've been loving both of their stuff even more now than I did before. And that leads us to uh, when's the last time you saw Princess Mononoke? Or Five years ago, probably. Really? <laughs> you didn't, you didn't yeah, Mononoke? I haven't watched Princess wow. Mononoke since then either. I've watched like uh, I've watched My Neighbors the Yamadas a lot, which is Takahata's, and I've watched My Neighbor Totoro a lot. But okay. those are like the only two that I rewatch a lot from okay. like Studio yeah, Ghibli. Yeah. So okay. I've seen Prince Mononoke like 2020, 2021. Like this would be my third year in a row. Okay, yeah. <laughs> gotta keep hey, that's awesome. Keep keep it's like, like my favorite Ghibli movie, but like okay. Yeah. No, yeah. So next week we're just gonna continue on with Whisper of the Heart, which is actually gonna be our first one, not Miyazaki and Takaha. Finally, we're gonna talk about Yoshifu. I think his name is Yoshifumi Kondo. I, can't, I know his last name is Kondo. I can't remember his first I don't name. Yoshifumi. But, like, this is a lot... These next two movies we're doing, Whisper of the Heart and Princess Mononoke, are a lot of people's, like, favorite Ghibli movies of all time. So, it's going to be an extreme, extremely interesting and fun episode, for sure. Oh, yeah. I mean... And I'm going to be excited to talk about it, because, like, we'll talk about... This is ending our... Uh, it'll, it'll, end our it'll end part one, or early studio Ghibli, yeah. for sure. Sadly, we aren't going to... We're going to have to... End we'll come back. Oh, yeah, we're going to come back. Probably soon, because... Uh... 
Apparently they are doing a national yeah, Ghibli release. Yeah, Ghibli Fest is Ghibli happening Ghibli Fest again, uh, this so, fall. So. Yeah, this fall. We might, we might do it for that. We'll for see. Sure. We'll see. If we can time it right. Yeah. Yeah, that's it, true. It might be tough. <laughs> but, it might be tough because it is coming up pretty recently. Or pretty soon. So. Yeah. But I am excited for these next ones. Yeah, these next ones are two of the greats. So. Oh, okay. Or, I mean, a lot of people consider them two of the greats. Right. I consider one of them great, and I'm excited to rewatch Whisper of the Heart because I did not. Yeah. It wasn't like S tier for me last time. Yeah, so. me neither. <laughs> But until next time, we hope to see you floating through the clouds.